0: Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Exodus 1. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would fear you more than we fear the government or any humans. We pray that we would trust that you can take care of us, and that you will do what is best for us, even if we are under threat from our government. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Exodus 1 And these are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. They each came with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. And all these who descended from Jacob were seventy individuals, and Joseph was in Egypt. And Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. And the Israelites were fruitful, and multiplied, and were many, and were very, very numerous. And the land was filled with them. And a new king rose over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the people of the Israelites are greater and more numerous than us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, lest they become many. And when war happens, they also will join our enemies and will fight against us and go up from the land. And they appointed commanders of forced labor over them, in order to oppress them with their forced labor. And they built storage cities for Pharaoh, Pithom and Ramses. And as he oppressed them, so they became many, and so they spread out. And the Egyptians were afraid because of the presence of the Israelites. And the Egyptians ruthlessly compelled the Israelites to work. And they made their lives bitter with hard work, with mortar and with bricks and with all sorts of work in the field, with all their work in which they ruthlessly enslaved them. And the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of the one was Shiphrah and the name of the second was Puah, and he said, When you help the Hebrews give birth, you will look upon the pairs of testicles. If he is a son, you will put him to death. And if she is a daughter, she will live. But the midwives feared God, and they did not do as the king of Egypt had said to them. They let the boys live. And the king of Egypt summoned the midwives, and he said to them, Why have you done this thing and let the boys live? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, because they are vigorous. Before the midwife comes to them, they have given birth. And God did the midwives good, and the Israelite people became many and were very numerous. And so, because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. And Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you will throw into the Nile and every daughter you will let live. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. You can see how the word exodus is related to the word exit. It comes to us from the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and it means to go out or to exit. They named it that because the people of Israel exited Egypt in this book. But it wasn't quite as easy as just getting up and walking out. It is only accomplished by God's power, as we will see. The first chapter connects us to the end of Genesis by listing the twelve sons of Israel and mentioning 70 people. That connects us to Genesis 46, where Moses listed the people who went down into Egypt and mentioned the number 70. Then Moses tells us that Joseph died, which we read about in chapter 50 of Genesis. So now we move into new information. The Israelites grow. He uses several different phrases to emphasize how much the Israelites were multiplying. Then Moses tells us that a new king came into power in Egypt who did not know Joseph. He may have heard the stories about Joseph, but they didn't mean anything to him. Moses doesn't give us the name of any of the pharaohs, so we don't know any of the backstory. It could be that the new king had taken over by force rather than being a descendant of the previous king, or it could just be that after several hundred years, what Joseph did wasn't that important to him. In any case, this new king is more worried about the Israelites turning against Egypt than he is thankful for what they did to save Egypt hundreds of years before. So, he starts out making the Israelites work very hard, thinking that this will cause them to decrease in numbers. But the opposite happens, and they grow even more. The way he forced them to this hard work is described as ruthless. So since that didn't decrease the Israelites, he takes the next step of telling the midwives to kill all the male babies born to the Hebrews. The midwives don't do that, though, because they feared God. It is nice to see that the Israelites still remember God after all this time. So they give the king of Egypt this story about how the Hebrew babies are born before the midwife even gets there, so it's too late to kill the babies. So Pharaoh takes the next step of issuing a command to everyone to kill the male Hebrew babies. This is horrifying to us, and would have been to them as well. But Pharaoh was already ruthlessly forcing them to hard labor, so this was just one more injustice. Now the way Pharaoh commanded the male babies to be killed was to throw them into the river. In fact, it says that the command was to all his people, So apparently, if the Israelites didn't throw their male baby in the Nile, and an Egyptian saw the male baby, they were supposed to throw him in the river. And now for a deeper dive. Should we obey the government? In general, yes. Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except by God, and those that exist are put in place, by God. But the midwives here are commended for disobeying their government because they feared God. The point is that there is a hierarchy with God at the top and government below that. So God's laws come first, then the government's laws. We understand that to some extent. In the U.S., there are federal laws and state laws and city ordinances, But generally, federal laws override state laws, and state laws override city ordinances. There is some nuance, of course, but generally we understand the hierarchy. So God's law is above the highest human law. Now, the fact that a federal law and a state law are in conflict doesn't mean that you throw out all state laws. It just gives a problem with that one state law. So Pharaoh was making the Israelites slaves. And if our government made us work as slaves in bad conditions, I don't see anything in the Bible that tells us that we should rise up against our government. There is nothing in the Bible that says it is morally wrong for me to be a slave. It might be morally wrong for the government to make me a slave, but God doesn't give me the authority to judge and punish the government for that wrong that they are doing to me. So I would just have to be a slave." But then, if the government tells me to murder babies, I do see a conflict with God's law. God said not to murder. So I'm going to have to follow God's law rather than the lower government law there. But that doesn't give me the right to throw out all of the government's laws because one of them is in conflict with God's law. Now, it gets harder when the government tells you to kill someone who is not innocent. For example, if the government told me I had to give lethal injections to people convicted of murder, I do not see that it is a sin against God's law. That is not murder, but a just punishment decided by the government. So there is no conflict there. But it can get more complicated when the government tells me I must join the army and go kill people in another country. And each of us has to look at God's laws and man's laws and make decisions in our life. And in most cases, it isn't as clear-cut as murdering babies. We have to appreciate how these midwives made the right choice here. And God blessed them for it. Verse 21. And so, because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. So, do we fear God more than our government? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.